Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Okay, Um, so the last few weeks we've been discovering our shape, or what that means is looking at who we are. And as uh, I just want to recap that before we get into today. So, Glenda started off with looking at heart or our desires and what it looks like to surrender them to God. And then Josh talked to us about our abilities and how God can use our small abilities for his greater purpose. And then last week, Linda talked about our personality and how we are made by God on purpose for, a, for his purpose. So today we're going to look at our experiences and how they shape us. And that spells hape. And so to finish us off next week, Jared is going to um, talk about spiritual gifts and then that'll make a proper word. So my first question for us today is, how did I become me? And I'm going to tell you a few things about my story, but I want you to have a think about your own story. How did you become you? It's a very interesting and quite an important question, I think. So, I grew up um, for part of my early life in Switzerland, and one of the things that I remember whenever I think back is going hiking in the mountains with my family. Um, But ever since then, I've loved hiking. And now my own daughter is just three months old, and already we've conquered several of the peaks in the Grampians. So I'm training her early because the important things have to be started early. Um, Another thing I remember from my childhood is when we moved to Australia, we lived on a farm and there were always lots of things to build and fix. And I'd be out there with Dad all the time doing this. And often he'd go and tell me to go and measure something for him. And I'd get the tape measure out and go and measure it and tell him it was about 10 centimetres long. And I remember a phrase that he kept telling me over and over again. If you're going to measure something, measure it accurately. It's a very Swiss thing to measure things perfectly. But I just, he just drilled that into me. And I think it's good advice. Um, because I've been renovating our house now for the last four years. It's an ongoing project. And I remember that phrase often, because so often I'd go and cut something and I think, she'll be right, I'll just go and cut it. And guaranteed, I'll have to go back out and cut it again because she wasn't right. So it's good advice. But on the other hand, having it drilled into me like that has meant that for me, a lot of things have to be just perfect and I can't have them halfway right. And this can mean that I can muck around with things for ages when just a 10 minute job near enough is sometimes good enough. So they're just small examples that I've given here, but I think they illustrate an important point in that we all know about our own life. And that is that our experiences play a large part in making us who we are. But here's another question for us. Do our experiences shape us 
or do they define us? And what do I mean by this? I'm going to tell you another example. I'm a high school teacher, um, and this is my second year of teaching, so I still feel like I'm on a very steep learning curve. But I really like my job, and I like the people I work with and the subjects I teach. But sometimes I come home and I feel just awful because a class just hasn't gone how I've wanted it to. The kids just are not getting it, and I leave school thinking, am I really that bad a teacher? Something isn't going right. Should I even have changed to become a teacher, or was it all a big mistake? And I can carry on this thought process for days. It really gets me down. Now, after a while, though, I find myself wondering, what does success in this job actually mean to me? Getting back to whether things define us or shape us, if this experience were shaping me, I'd be able to, able to say to myself, OK, it didn't work out. What can I learn from this so that next time I can do better? And that would be a productive solution. The other option is to let the experience define me. And what does this mean? Well, we've all had lots of negative experiences. Um, maybe it was bullying or loneliness or abuse or lack of talent or opportunity. The list just goes on and on and on. If I let this negative experience define me, I would think that because I failed, because that experience failed, I've failed. I'm a failure. That's what defining me could mean. And we could think of this like wearing a black crown. It's negative, it defines me, it rules over me. On the other hand, we could also let good experiences define us. Maybe a good career or a great marriage or friends who are always supporting us. We could wear these like a gold crown. They define who I am. So are you letting experiences define you? A good test for this is for everyone to think about experiences that you feel have had a big impact on your life, um, that have shaped you in the past. And then to ask yourself, would I be a lesser or a greater person if I hadn't had this experience? And I'm not talking about um, whether the experiences changed me or not, because we all know that experiences do change us, but would it affect my worth? if I hadn't had this experience? Would I be a lesser person if I didn't have those friends? Or would I be a greater person if I hadn't done that awful thing back then? Do these experiences that come to mind right now make me a better or a worse person? And it's a deep question. And I think for many of us, some experiences that we've had hold us back and stop us from living a full and productive life. And it may not even just be coming from us. Maybe other people are labelling us. She's the popular one. He's the sick one. And we feel like this defines who we are and we have to live up to this label. And again, we're wearing that crown. And I say we because 
This is something that I've been struggling with for quite a long time, so it's been really good to have to nut it out for this message today, um, because it's made me really think about it. So it's something that I've had to deal with quite a bit. The Apostle Paul is another person, is a person from the Bible who's got a lot of experiences and many of them have been extremely tough. He started off, as many of you will know, as part of a strict Jewish group called the Pharisees and as a zealous member of this sect, he persecuted Christians, often to their death. In the beginning, this was the beginning of Paul's story um, before he met Jesus personally. And as many of you will know, from this beginning he had a life-changing experience um, where he met Jesus and he devoted his life to follow Jesus from then on and became a pillar of the early church. Um, I encourage you to go read the whole story in Acts, but we don't have time for that today, but it is a, a really interesting read. But the point I'm trying to make is he came to Jesus with a background, with experiences, persecutor, murderer, blasphemer, and these aren't things I'm saying, he says this stuff himself. Um, so lots of these experiences could hold him back and make him think, this is who I am, surely I can't follow Jesus with all this stuff. And it didn't get much easier for Paul once he became a follower of Jesus either. In 2 Corinthians 11:23 to 29, Paul recalls what his missionary life was like. So let's have a read. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind talking like this. I am more. I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles. And just to stop there, who isn't this guy in danger of? That Jews don't like him, the Gentiles don't like him. And in the olden days, that covered pretty much everybody. So he's in danger. In danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have laboured and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst, have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? So Paul didn't have an easy life as a missionary. And how easy would it have been for him to start letting this history and these experiences define him? Everybody hates me. Am I really so annoying? My job is to build up churches and yet they constantly quarrel and break apart. I must be failing. Am I really a failure? I know if I was in Paul's shoes, these would probably be the things that would be going through my head. But what is the issue with letting our experiences define us like this? Firstly, 
we become dependent on our experiences. If things are going well, then I'm well. If things are going badly, then I'm going badly. Or even worse, I am bad. In my experience, this isn't a fun way to live. I become too dependent on what's going on and I go up and down like a yo-yo depending on the experiences and the circumstances. Paul realises this when he talks to the Philippian church in Philippians 4, 12 and 13, where he says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. What defines Paul? Do his circumstances, his experiences, they don't seem to from reading this. They don't seem to have a hold over him. And he says it's because he can do all things through God who gives him strength. But how can Paul say this? Why can he do all things through God who gives him strength? Why don't experiences rule over him and define him? This brings me to my second point. Believing as a follower of Jesus that our experiences define us is actually believing a lie. If you want a definition of who you are as a follower of Jesus, then take what Peter says in 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I am chosen, I'm royal, I'm God's special possession. We are part of his holy nation. You are chosen, you're royal, you're God's special possession. Isn't that an amazing verse? And that is how God de defines us, irrespective of our circumstances and experiences and the reason that our experiences don't play a role in defining us is that we have nothing had nothing to do with who we are before god in romans 4:25 paul says that he that is jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification Justification means being made right before God. So Jesus was delivered over to, sin, over to death as payment for what we did wrong and raised to life so that we could be made right before God. What role do our experiences play in this? Nothing, really. They have nothing to do with it. So God doesn't see us any different because of any good or bad experiences that we have had. Who we are, what defines us, depends entirely on what Jesus did and completed 2,000 years ago on that cross. 
That is where our identity comes from. Which is quite amazing. So, if our experiences do not define us, what then are they for? They're still very important. Not to define who we are, but our experiences are things that God can use for his work and they become opportunities for growth, for our growth in a relationship with him. I started my working life as an agronomist. I consulted farmers with their cropping and I hadn't done anything with kids since I was in high school and I really didn't want to. They were these strange beings who I didn't have a lot in common with. So it was better to just leave them alone. But then one day I was asked whether I could join a youth group night just to be a responsible adult to supervise. Well, first of all, that was <laughs> responsible, yeah. Um, didn't know why, but I thought, mm, okay. And they assured me it was just to supervise. I wouldn't have to get involved, so I had this picture of being tucked away in a corner, invisible, and just be the responsible supervisor. Um, of course, it didn't work like that. These teens there were annoyingly friendly and they insisted that I come and join in and do stuff. Um, so it didn't go according to my plan at all. But then the next week I went again and pretty soon I became a youth leader. And then I started using my precious four weeks of school holidays at youth camps and staying up late, not getting much sleep, planning talks and games. And then I became a school teacher. So, I think now my job revolves around kids and I believe that God can use these experiences and he has used these early experiences um, to get me where I am now. It might not be the only path that I could have taken, um, but I do believe that God is happy with where I am now. And I feel that some of the most significant things that I've done in my life have been in this youth setting. So God can use us, can use our experiences, the tough and the nice ones, for his work. And as a bonus, he grows us in these experiences. On the flip side, God can also use us despite our experiences. We might think that certain experiences have irreversibly broken us or made us dirty or unusable. But with God, nothing is irreparable or unusable. Nothing. So that thing that you're thinking of now, when I say nothing and you think, yeah, but this thing that's happened to me, that's included as well. If we look at 1 Corinthians 6.11, it says, You were washed, sanctified and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You're washed, sanctified and justified. That means you get a fresh start. The slate where all the scores have been kept, it's not only been wiped clean, it's actually been thrown away. There's no more score keeping. You are chosen, you're royal, 
You're God's special possession. And God will use you as you are now. So we've seen that our experiences are not designed to define us, but to shape us. And this is quite easy to stand up here and say in theory. But how does this play out in real life? How do I get to the point where I can really let my everyday experiences shape me but not define me? I don't think this is something that we can just get up one morning and say, right, that's what I'm going to do. It's a slow process of changing our perspectives and seeing ourselves as we really are. And I'm going to share a few points with you, and they're not a magic formula, but they might help us along this path. The first thing is to acknowledge and accept that we probably are letting experiences and circumstances define us. That the crown really is there. Something is ruling us. And we need to accept that the circumstances happened. We can't undo it. So often in life, I just want to hit control Z and undo the experience. I find myself wishing I had that option. But we don't have that option in real life. Sometimes the experiences are extremely painful and we just can't understand why they even happened. And that is okay. But we need to accept that they did and that it probably is affecting us. We can spend time blaming other people or circumstances or God or we can accept it and plan to move forward. This might take a while, it might take a long while and that's okay. I've been experiencing or figuring out that God is okay with us working things out slowly, falling, stumbling, finding it hard but moving forward with him. He's okay with that because he's very patient. Second thing is to surrender it to God. Give the experience to him and leave it with him to deal with. So, put this cross crown down at the cross. But then the trick is to leave it there. Because often then we say, oh, but actually I want to pick it up again and deal with it. But we need to then over and over leave it at the cross for God to deal with. And to help with this, it may help you at the end of the service to come up and have someone pray for you because sometimes we just don't know or can't pray for ourselves about these things. Or you may like to write the experience down on a bit of paper, pray about it and then burn it to show that it's been dealt with. It's with God. He's looking after it. Third thing is to start immersing yourself in the truth. With verses like the ones that we've been looking at, and there were so many other ones that I wanted to put in, but we'd be here for hours, um, but start going over these verses every day. Get into the habit of talking to God and looking at these verses every day. Have people around you like mentors who remind you of the truth about who you are. I've found that to be a huge help in starting to change my perspective, is to have people talking into my life who remind me of who I really am. Maybe you could have a coin or a paper clip in your pocket and every time you reach into your pocket, it reminds you 
to think about who you really are. Or maybe when you look into the mirror in the morning, instead of just thinking, I look mighty fine, <laughs> you may also tell yourself, I am loved, I am accepted, I am God's chosen possession. So I challenge you today to pick one or two of these things which you could start to implement this week um, so that you can learn how to let experiences shape you but not define you. And this has the potential to change everything about how I live and interact with other people. If what I do no longer defines me, how might this affect how I see other people? I no longer, no longer have to compete with other people because we're all made in the image of God, defined by how he sees us, and that's as precious and dearly loved. So there's no more competition going on there. So what could that do with how I interact with others? This week, who do you know that's had a tough experience or that's, who's got something that's holding them back? How could you encourage them and remind them of who they really are, what their true identity is, despite these things that are going on. So, so as we go out this week, let's remember that we are shaped but not defined by our experiences. We are chosen, we are holy, we are God's precious possession, no matter what experiences we've had. So let's live in this freedom, letting God use us and shape us for his glory. Thank you.